It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross, yes! Touchdown! I did it! Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric Franson and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Happy Monday to you. Busy weekend that was. We had high school football playoffs that are now determined. We had girls' soccer playoffs that took place up here in northern Utah. Uh, of course, the Aggies go on the road, drove, go deep into the well for quarterback play, and still find a way to win. And uh, some Utah State players getting some recognition this week from the Mountain West because of another Aggie victory as Utah State is now 3-4 and four on the year, 2-1 and one in conference play, and a big matchup this Saturday at Wyoming. Uh, Blake Anderson and players uh, met with the media today. We'll hear from them. But uh, big, big reaction Monday here on the Full Court Press with a lot of things to recap and get through and to, uh, to talk about. So if you want to weigh in, if you want to chime in, 435-339-0321. That's the Full Court Press text line. And if you decide you want to call in, we'll take your phone call as well, 435-752-1069, to join us here on the old Full Court Press. But, uh, boy, where to start, Jason? It was a busy weekend. Yeah, it was. Busy busy start, busy Monday. Lots of things to talk about. Um, let's <clears> – <throat> I think that just the biggest thing on my mind is just that Utah State victory um, – where Cooper Lega gets uh, gets hit and gets hit again, and uh, he's got some concussion symptoms, so he has to come out. Levi Williams comes in a few plays later. He rolls his ankle. It's like, oh my gosh, could it go any worse for Utah State? Um, and uh, and then later in the game, Byron Vaughns gets dinged up, and he has to go out. I mean, there were a lot of things stacked against Utah State. On Saturday, but they still found a way to win, and that credits the the change that we've been noticing over these last several weeks. Had this series of events happened a few weeks ago, this team wouldn't have won the game. Yeah, and this team definitely deserves to uh, to be given credit for you know fighting through all that they had to fight through. It, it showed the ability of you know the defense. The defense really deserves most of the credit for this game. I know Davenport made. A lot of the headlines, you know, made the headline that I wrote, uh, but the defense really deserves a lot of credit there. Him, them, and Calvin Tyler Jr. for yes. doing their part. Yes, you know, Colorado State's not a super tough team, but still, when you have that much against you, beating any team becomes a lot more difficult. And so, you know, I've been comparing their this team's mentality to last year, saying they haven't had it so far. This is the first I've seen of that 2021 team in this year's team. The we will win no matter what happens mentality. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad you noted uh, Calvin Tyler Jr. I don't think that he got enough recognition. Uh, I think he got some, but I think he deserves a lot for 
being as, as Davenport said after the game, uh, Tyler was has a very calming presence out there, and just give me the ball. I'm gonna go make something happen here, and he did. He was steady, and for the third week in a row, he eclipsed 100 yards. And that run game for Utah State has been steadily improving after it really took some steps backwards after that UConn game. Um, but uh, Calvin Tyler Jr. is proving to be a very steady, solid running back for Utah State. Getting into some some rare air with other running backs in Utah State history with having so many consecutive games of rushing the ball like he has. Yeah, he did. Kerwin Williams is the last player to have three consecutive 100-yard games, which surprised me given we've had you know Darwin Thompson uh, in that span. I mean, he, he, he ran for 1,000 yards. I thought he might have done it. And Gerald Bright was yeah, solid. Yeah, Joe Bright had some solid games. So it, it was interesting that uh, I think Joey DiMartino was in there too. He had another 1,000-yard mm. season. I think he was in between Williams and in now, but the fact that it's been since then, uh, and, and Kerwin had four straight to end the uh, 2012 season, and uh, he had a lot more yards in those games than Tyler's had. But the fact that he's been this consistent, it is really nice. And I, and I think you, you look at the last couple of times where Utah State's been in serious quarterback trouble Oregon State, Bonner goes down, and they're down to Cooper Lega, who's making his first snaps in a game. Tyler goes for 120 yards, has a touchdown, really consistent presence, and really drove that offense and allowed Legault a little bit more space to operate and you know do what he did to kind of game manage to that win. Uh, and then Colorado State, things go to absolute crap at quarterback. <laughs> um, and he has 129 yards, averaged 5.5 yards per carry almost, had several first downs, and again, just allowing the quarterback who's inexperienced, you know, Davenport taking his first career snaps. Uh, and he, he's just made it so much easier. And you look at the offense as a whole, I looked up this stat, and this was um, from Pro Football Focus. Um, there's not great data kept on this elsewhere, where they said Calvin Tyler Jr. has 31 first downs on the ground. And oh, I can't remember where he ranked. He was like in the top. 20 or 30, I think. I, I put this in my From the Notebook article, and I suddenly can't remember. Um, but he's you know decently high up the leaderboards and just number of first downs as a player, at least on, in the ground game. And that just kind of shows, you know, getting those first downs, resetting the sticks, is a huge thing for the offense. And so that Tyler's able to do that is just one of the ways that he's just been, you know, an amazing part of this offense. Uh, full court press text line is open if you want to weigh in. 435-339-0321. Uh, 5338 texting in. So you guys mentioned Amber Karchner on Friday's show. Turns out she transferred to that college in St. George, formerly known as Dixie State. Oh, why didn't she transfer up here? Known Now known as Utah Tech. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe she just wanted to get out of the valley. Sometimes I guess. That happens. It's warmer down there. Eight nine six eight. When was the last time we have seen a Colorado State game that was just a game and not a big drama? <laughs> it's been a little bit. I mean, twenty been a lot of drama between these two schools. Un like unforced drama, just the way yeah. that the game has unfolded. Twenty nineteen, kind of. But and I was thinking that. But then somebody, you know, posted this on Twitter, and I it reminded me that oh yeah, twenty nineteen, it was a huge rainstorm, and it was wet. And so Gerald Bright ends up running the ball like 39 times or 36 times, I think, for like, you know, 
He had like a buck sixty or buck seventy, something like that. Uh, Aggies won that game by ten, thirty-four to twenty-four. But certainly there was the uh, the, the drama in two thousand eighteen. Yeah, with the touchdown at the end, which was called off. The uh, <laughs> the drama last year here with running off the you know not understanding the time and situation on that Colorado State sideline. But yeah, there's been some crazy games between these two. Yeah. These two teams. And then a crazy game that wasn't a game because it got canceled. Well, that's true. So yeah, the like players we, boycotted. There, there is, there is uh, no sense of normalcy with, with these games. It, it's just nuts. Because like, this game, like if you look at the score, it's like, okay, this is a normal game. Was it? <laughs> it was a third-string quarterback versus a fourth-string quarterback. Yeah, definitely far, far from being a normal game. Yeah. But you know what? Credit... USU for, you know, having the the fortitude and knowledge of figuring out what needed to be done to, to get the win. And really, this, this is a team that has experienced winning, and so they know what it takes, versus a team that has very little experience winning. Colorado State has not been a winning program in a while. And so you had some adversity facing both teams – and the team that knew how to win, had experience winning, figured out how to get it done versus the other team who still trying to figure that out. Yeah, and I think that will benefit Utah State going forward, knowing they've been able, been able to make it through this game and just do whatever it takes. And it's going to be another game, potentially a lot like this one, when they go play a Wyoming, because that's going to be a very tough matchup. Not because like it's some really grand opponent, but because Wyoming is going to make it tough, they're going to make it physical, they're going to make it dirty. That's the way Wyoming play. I'm not saying they're dirty players, but they, they muck things up. Right, and they, they make it tough. Yeah, they, they don't make things easy for opposing players and opposing teams. And last year, Utah State completely crumbled in the face of that. Now they've got to come forward and, you know, they got to find a way to win in the face of that. I loved listening to Daniel Grishik after the game Saturday say, you know, the, I can't remember how exactly the question was posed, but basically – um, you know the 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 offense a number of times didn't really help the defense, or the defense was put in some challenging situations multiple times in this game because of the blocked punt or the turnover. And Colorado State starts a series deep inside Utah State's territory. And after the game, he's like, "Hey, I love that. I'd rather that than on the other twenty because we're dialed in, we're focused, we we got to go to work." And that defense, I mean, we talk about Calvin Tyler Jr. He did a great job. Davenport, you know, helped move the team down for a, a basically a game-winning touchdown, which proved to be the game-winning touchdown. But really, it was that defensive presence through the entire game that did a great job because of a lot of situations, they could have been given up uh, seven points in short fields but only gave up two field goals. And uh, they missed another one. So they uh, they saved Utah State in a lot of different ways. Yeah, six points on three pretty bad situations off of turnovers or whatnot. Um, and it was something Anderson said, whereas you feel like that was a big part of them winning the game. I can't remember the exact wording he used, but basically he said that, like that basically won the game. Um, <clears throat> let's see, this might be the one. He talks about how the defense really stood up uh, and uh, played really well on uh, – on Saturday night at Colorado State in some difficult circumstances. 
our defense stood up to have three possessions inside uh, the scoring area down in field goal range for sure to only give up six points. Uh, it, it, honestly, that's that's the game right there. Our defense's ability to to create um, you know backed up defense and make them kick field goals and, and get one of them uh, you know get one of them to uh, to end up in a zero point drive. That's the game uh, in, in a nutshell. They they played lights out when we had to have them, and those three drives are are uh, what changed the game for us. Yeah, uh, k- kudos to that defense, uh, making life tough for their quarterback. Um, totally taking away one of the top wide receivers in the conference. Uh, he was he was targeted plenty, um, but um, Utah State secondary did a good job knocking those down, making it difficult for him to get space, and uh, forcing their quarterback to choose other options. Yeah, and they they pressured the quarterback a lot, and Daniel Grishik he got home a lot. He, uh, you know, he got three sacks, so he quadrupled his sack total on the season. He had one coming in, the one against uh, Alabama, when he sacked the reigning Heisman winner. Now he's got three more, so now he's he's got four four sacks. And I think, like, I think he was the first player to get three sacks in a game. Or no, there's there's only like seven players. I think this since sacks became an official stat. I think there's only seven Aggies that have had three sacks in a game. And Grisha just became one of them. Wow. Yeah, outstanding performance by him and by the defense. You know, overall, uh, Utah State with uh, eight tackles for loss just made it really tough um, for uh, for Pooler. Uh, but, uh, you know, Horton, the standout wide receiver that we were all heard about, he was targeted nine times, and uh, he, he only had uh, – let's see, he only had – no, he didn't have any catches. Um, yeah, he did not have any catches. Um, so, you know, impressive job for Utah State, just totally taking him away after he was targeted nine different times, uh, and they didn't let him get any of those. Yeah, this was this was their leading receiver, right? Yeah, yeah, because he had like some like four hundred some odd yards on the year. It was basically their entire passing offense in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, to just absolutely shut him out. I thought he was maybe going to cause a bit of a problem, but was basically no problem Yes, in this case. And a big part of that is, you know, making the quarterback uncomfortable. It goes back to the pass rush. The the pass rush and the, and the defensive backfield really have to work in tandem, and they really go hand-in-hand hand because if the pass rush gets there early, it makes the, you know, the defensive backs their job easier. That usually sets up interceptions, and then obviously the defensive backs can set up coverage sacks. Which uh, I think, at least one of the sacks I think was you know, held the ball for a while and they chased him down. So, a lot of great job of you know probably two of the best parts of Utah State's defense, the edge rushers and the defensive backs, really worked well together today, or Saturday. Yeah, on Saturday. Yeah, and that was you know there was some criticism earlier about um, the, going into this game about Utah State's secondary, uh, but I thought. You know, they they did a really nice job. Yeah. See, I was defending the secondary. I was saying, oh, I think they're doing a good job. <laughs> I think it was you that was criticizing the secondary. You <laughs> gave them like a C plus or something like that. That's true. And I, you're great. I was, I was here backing up the defensive backs. I believed in them. They proved you right. Yes, they did. <laughs> uh, that that run defense for Utah State challenged early. Uh, Morrow, I thought, had a really strong first half. 
gave the Aggies some fits, but then they made their adjustments and really made it tough for Colorado State in any phase of the game to move the ball. Yeah, kind of like UConn in a lot of ways where it's just like, how could, how have you not learned to tackle by now? Where there's just so many missed tackles. And then they just started tackling better and, and doing better in, in their run coverage. Because like they were... They were doing well covering the gaps. Not like they were letting letting Morrow just run through wide open holes. He'd just run through a couple of tackles, then get up into the second level and cause even more problems. Yeah, running backs against safeties and corners is usually not a good matchup. <laughs> yeah, usually with a head of steam behind them at that point where they meet. Yeah. Not good. Uh, so, again, 435-339-0321 to uh, weigh in or react to what happened over the weekend. A lot of different things. The Utah State football win. Uh, we now know the the pairings for Region 11 uh, football. We haven't and talked about that too much just yet, but we had some girls' soccer playoffs that took place as well. Those were broadcast live, and Jason was there for one of those games to weigh in on that. So a lot, a lot of different things. The current Mountain West standings, we'll get to those as well. 435-339-0321-8968 texting in. Just when I somewhat thought I had the Mountain West somewhat figured out, San Jose State loses to a bad team like Fresno State at home. The conference is wide open, but maybe not in a good way. Yeah, that one was certainly surprising. Uh, Although Fresno, one of their staffers had an interesting night. Did you hear about this? What? No. I think it was a Fresno staffer, staff member, they didn't really specify what he was, punched a window out. What? And the glass fell on some people. They had to go to the hospital to, you know, get it all sorted out. In the press box? I don't know if he was in the... I think it was next to the press box. But, yeah, he's... Oh, my <laughs> word. He punched a window. Uh, yeah, like, Saturday night, I was, uh, I was watching Air Force demolish UNLV, and... I went to social media saying, man, I wish Utah State could have that UNLV game back again. And then thinking, you know, it looks like San Jose State's going to be the class of the conference. And then they lose to Fresno State. So, yeah. really, I mean, Boise State is the only undefeated team in conference play. So, with all their problems they had earlier, they've still been able to win their games in conference play. Yeah, they're certainly having the season that Utah State's kind of wishing they were having where. They had some struggles early on, not as bad as the Aggies, but you know, being undefeated is a huge boon for them because it gives them some room for error. Um, especially if they end up beating Utah State, who's looking like they may end up charging into into that game. Uh, although, can't guarantee anything yet. Big showdown this Saturday: Boise State's at Air Force. Yeah, uh, Air Force. Uh, is favored by three and a half points. Yeah, and and see if Air Force comes away with the win there, that really favors the Aggies in a huge way. Yes, everybody should be cheering for Air Force Saturday. Yeah, to help just, Utah State's chances. Just cheer for Air Force the rest of the way. <laughs> yeah, the rest of the way. That's true. Yeah, you cheer for the teams you got tiebreakers over. Um, but obviously Utah State they need to take care of their own business. Um. Because that's the rule. If it doesn't matter who else wins or loses, whatnot, as long as they go undefeated the rest of the way, which is a tall order. I will still not expect them to go undefeated, but in conference play, run the table. That's the term I'm looking for. I don't expect them to run the table. Is it possible? Yes. I don't expect it. Yeah. Yeah. It would be tough, but I mean, the way the conference is this year, 
Who knows? Yeah. It it feels like it's becoming more and more likely, but it did that, you know, that thought took a huge blow with Cooper Lega, mostly because I'm not sure they can win this week at Wyoming. If they, you know, stayed mostly healthy against Colorado State and just beat them normally, even not even necessarily a blow them, but just, you know, look good, keep showing the improvements they've had, then I'd feel confident. But now going into Wyoming, I don't know who's going to play. I don't know if who's going to be healthy. Are they going to have enough of the personnel to make plays? I'm not sure. So that's why I'm less confident about them running the table. It's more so about this week than the rest of the conference because I could see them beating just about every other team on their schedule except this week where they're just so banged up. So the current standings in the Mountain West, Boise State did not play last week. They had a bye, so they're 3-0. and uh, They have the, um, the in-conference play. They are second to Air Force in the points scored in-conference play, um, but uh, one of the better defenses in the conference. Wyoming's 2-1, and one, Utah State's 2-1, and one. Air Force is 2-2, two and two. Colorado State 1-1, one one, New Mexico 0-3 in the Mountain Division. Uh, on the West uh, side, it's San Jose State's now at 2-1-1, UNLV 2-2, two two. San Diego State, Fresno State, and Hawaii are all 1-1 one one, with Nevada 0-3. And, and Utah State just got past the best scoring defense in conference play in Colorado State. Yeah, they only scored 17 points, but they did enough to win. But Colorado State has, uh, so far, had the best and the most stout defense, scoring defense, I should say, uh, in conference play so far. In context, the two opponents for Colorado State have been Nevada (laughs) and Utah State's fourth-string quarterback. (laughs) So That's true. Context. That's very true. Uh, so still very much in play for Utah State um, to uh, get to a position to be bowl eligible. But, look, that's that's so far away from the, the Aggies' minds right now. It's all about Wyoming and trying to figure out who's available for the Aggies to play Saturday night, which, I don't know, maybe that's a bit of an advantage on the Aggies and for uh, Wyoming. They don't know who they have to prepare for. Is it going to be Cooper? Is it going to be Levi? Will it be the the freshman? Except that they're all basically the same quarterback. Like, some differences, but they're all runners. They know what the offense is going to look like, regardless of who plays. This isn't a Logan Bonner versus Cooper Lega. It's three running quarterbacks. They ran basically a very simplified version of their offense when they had Davenport in. They ran the ball with him. They threw some of their basic routes and they ran the ball with Tyler. So that's what Wyoming's going to prepare for. They're going to prepare for stopping the run at all costs. And if they do that, Wyoming's probably going to win the game. So, on the flip side, Utah State has to be able to run the ball. Right. Yeah, true. No matter what. Uh, 5860 texting in, is the USU game on Saturday being broadcast on television? Uh, Yes, it'll be on FS1. I thought it was FS2. Well, it'll probably start on FS2 and then go okay. over to FS1. Yeah, because the game notes they put out said it was going to be on Fox Sports 2, but yeah, it's... W- w- one of those two channels. It's something. If you have Fox Sports, you'll be able to watch it. Uh, 8968 against 
Boise, one just about wants to root for anyone else they play. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. When, Boise, when Boise State's playing Power 5 schools, I tend to root for Boise. True. You want um, them to represent the Mountain West at that point, not yeah. just the school. Especially when they're playing Pac-12 schools, because I always just find it hilarious when Mountain West teams beat up on the Pac-12. So it was great last year, not so much this year. Um, but yeah, when they're playing in conference, yeah, when they're playing any conference opponent, I actually end up rooting against Boise State. But out of conference games, I tend to root for Boise State. All right, a quick timeout here on the Full Court Press. Love to continue to get your thoughts and reactions to that Utah State win at Colorado State over the weekend. Uh, we'll announce uh, what's going on with high school football. We have some kick times that have been uh, changed or uh, updated for high school football on Friday. And update on who's going to be advancing in the girls' soccer playoffs as well. It's all coming up on the Full Court Press. Want to set yourself apart from the competition? A new leadership MBA at Utah State University will help you lead companies and drive change in your organization. You can attend in person in Logan on Thursday evenings or take online interactive classes. Complete your MBA in as little as a year. Apply before November 15th to be considered for a January start. Contact the MBA office for a waiver of the application fee. Learn more at utahstatemba.com. That's utahstatemba.com. I think I can. I think I can. Do you feel like you're chugging up the inflation mountain? This is Zach with HSA Depot, and we can help. Did you know that you can save as much as 30% by using your pre-tax income to buy qualifying medical supplies? Health savings accounts can be used for more than just doctor visits and prescriptions. HSA Depot helps you conquer your inflation mountain and your health care by providing eligible products. Come to HSA Depot next to Sally Beauty and see how much you can save. HSA Depot, five-star review. S.E. Needham Jewelers is where Utah gets engaged. We offer a large selection of personalized service and extraordinary benefits with our integrity price guarantee. At match quality, you'll find our prices to be as low or lower than any store in the state. We consistently beat any 50 to 70% off sales, internet pricing, or so-called wholesale deals. In fact, we even price our diamonds at internet pricing. So you'll get S.E. Needham quality at internet prices. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7, where Utah gets engaged. S.E. Needham Jewelers. Middle of the block at the sign of the clock. The state's Wood Stove Conversion Assistance Program is coming to Cash Valley October 17th. Replace your old, outdated wood fireplace and get a rebate of up to $4,000. Advanced Fireplace and Stove, the two-time Best of Northern Utah winner in the fireplace retrofit category, is an authorized vendor for this program. They suggest heat and glow fireplaces or quadrifier pellet and wood stoves. Act quickly. This one will close fast. Advanced Fireplace and Stove, 752-7272. Information is online at advancedfireplaceandstove.com. Hi, I'm Jay Broadbent with Alpine Home Medical. I'd like to invite you to learn more about us. Since 1997, we've been Utah's premier one-stop shop for home medical equipment. What sets us apart at Alpine Home Medical is the superior level of customer service. We provide home oxygen, CPAPs, wheelchairs, scooters, breast pumps, and so much more. Come on down and get to know us. Alpine Home Medical, we bring wellness home. Visit alpinehomemedical.com. Are you a small business owner? Who's your bank? This is Bruce Rigby. I want to invite you to bank with us at Cash Valley Bank. We specialize in helping small business, and we have great people. That's the Cash Valley Bank difference. Decisions made locally, without all the red tape, by people who care and know how to help small business. Cash Valley Bank, growing, expanding, and proud to have our roots firmly planted in Cash Valley. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. 
The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Eric Franson and Jason Walker. You know, one of the other things we need to do today is reveal pick six. Like, how close did we get? Trying to predict the weekend. Uh, and uh, we, we didn't do so hot, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I think there was one I remembered I think I got. Maybe. I know there was one that I didn't get. I can't remember half of them. So. Uh, there were a number that we, we both were off, but... It's okay. Uh, back to our full court press text line, 8968. When Boise plays BYU, it's really hard to root for either one. Yeah, it kind of depends. I usually tend to root for Boise State in that scenario. But it is kind of because, again, you know, I think I mentioned this on Friday where there, there's a lot of reasons for me to like BYU, but their fans have just really turned me off to that, that uh, school. And Boise State's similar, where you just have fans who are so unbelievably entitled and insufferable that it doesn't matter that a large portion of the fan base are people that are just like me and you and they love their team. But there are so many ungodly, (laughs) insufferable, total idiots who will not take off the blue-shaded sunglasses and just see common sense. I know this uh, this this uh, intentional hurting of BYU quarterbacks is still going on. Blaming Utah State. Yeah, should we be? It, it's still they're still debating it and talking about it. Should and we? They're be? in my mentions. Like, come on, because I made a snide comment. You know, <laughs> after the Utah State game with Colorado State, because. You know, a couple yeah. quarterbacks go down. They took out two of our quarterbacks in one game. Those mean Rams. So if Utah State loses any games in the future, it's those mean Rams. Yeah, it's Colorado State's fault. Yeah, it's their fault. So, yeah, it's just. And, of course, all the BYU fans took exception to that. Well, this is the case, and this was the case, and this was the case. Get over it, please. Like I said, the the second that, you know, because I had a little bit of that, I stirred the hornet's list a little bit. And the second I actually pressed them into, you know, pushed back on any of their comments, they went dark really quick. <laughs> they just disappeared. I know. Because once you push them into their illogical corner and they realize there, there's no way out, poof. Because they aren't willing to admit that they're being stupid. I know. And so they just run away. Uh, but uh, big matchup for Utah State coming up on Saturday. We'll get more into the, the details with Utah State uh, taking on Wyoming as uh, we get closer. We'll hear more from the coach and the players about the matchup. But there's certainly an interesting connection on this one with um, you know, former qu- quarterbacks for both teams uh, who... Who might see some action? I don't know. It depends on how uh, Levi's ankle is feeling. <coughs> Excuse me. But, um, you know, Andrew Peasley was here, and then he went to Wyoming, and then Levi Williams left Wyoming and came here. Uh, interesting discussion from uh, Coach Anderson about 
how that transpired, you know, which came first, and how did it uh, take place, and uh, what I don't know how much it's going to play into what we might see this Saturday, but still, it's an intriguing situation where quarterbacks transfer in conference, and not just in conference, but also within the same division. We had no intentions of taking a transfer quarterback until Peasley chose to leave. Myself, Coach Tuck, had probably five, six different individual meetings with Andrew before he made his final decision. I don't think it was an easy one for him. He was... He loved our locker room, loved the coaching staff, and you have to get, you know, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but he was, he made it very clear this was not an easy decision. But uh, he did want to be the starting quarterback and understood the circumstances with with our, our uh, room and, and what that meant. Uh, and so he put his name in the portal. We then decided to, to look and investigate the, um, you know, just the landscape of what was available. And, Levi reached out fairly quickly. Uh, it was obvious he was leaving, and with his fiance uh, being here on on campus, I think there was some some incentive on his part to be a part of our our roster. Um, knew the circumstances with Logan, knew the circumstances with Coop, both having been a starter and, and both having played well in the bowl game. Uh, wasn't afraid of competition, and and he chose us. So the timeline would be Peasley leaving initially on his own us kind of evaluating what was available and then just felt like Levi was too good of a kid and too good of an athlete and had played so well against us and played so well in the bowl game that we'd be crazy not to to take him and he's been a great addition. Well, and we thought we might see some extended Levi Williams on uh, Saturday, but uh, just a couple plays. So we really haven't seen a whole lot of extended Levi Williams yet in an Aggie uniform. Yeah, and we may we may never, you know, I don't know how bad this little uh, ankle injury was. Um, he certainly couldn't play on it. You know, he was limping out there, couldn't really throw. And maybe he'll be ready. Um, I'm not sure how long Cooper's going to be out. I don't know. Usually a concussion, if it's not bad, you can get back from within a week. But you got to play it safe, and they may want to. And obviously, Levi is the next man up. And assuming that ankle injury isn't bad, he'll probably be the starter. But ideally, I'd like to see Cooper Lega here. For the story, you kind of want to see Levi against Andrew. But uh, I'd, I'd rather see Cooper Lega out there. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I mean, there's, there's going to be some fun storylines, and it'll make for great television. But for Utah State, give themselves the best chance to win. Cooper Lega is the best option. For Utah State, uh, just he is just the better passer than than Levi Williams is. Yeah. So and you're gonna need a good solid passing attack because that Wyoming defensive front is really solid, and it's gonna be tough to move the ball on him on the ground. Yeah. Do you think the TV broadcast will make it more than 98 seconds before mentioning the the Levi Williams <laughs> Andrew Peasley thing? 98. Like seconds. the first thing they mention is they go to a split screen of Levi and. In in Peasley. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, within 98 seconds, that's it'll be very early on. I'm sure. Yes. Like that that 98 seconds may comprise <laughs> of mentioning all the sponsors and brought to you buys and the and the thingamajigs and whatnot. So, like once they actually get into talking about the matchup, but it'll be like the first thing they say. It'll be very early on. Yes. Because they, you know, it was like that one Alabama announcer. You couldn't shut up about Steph Curry and Bryce Young. <laughs> These guys, especially if Levi ends up starting, 
it'll be all about, you know, and there'll be a highlight video of Levi probably in the bowl game, and there'll be highlights of Peasley uh, probably against Air Force, maybe even the New Mexico game a couple years back. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, Peasley has had highlight-worthy plays for Utah State, no question. Yeah, he's really good. <laughs> he's a really good runner. Really good athlete. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes the throwing, not so much. But he had a good arm. Um, but with Utah State's, um, I just want to get back to that game on, on Saturday uh, just one more time. Just that's really unheard of, you know, how you, you can find a way to win a game like that in so many ways stacked against you. There was a blocked punt. There was a turnover. You were giving them short fields. Uh, you are down to your fourth-string quarterback. And uh, interesting comments from Coach Anderson about that. Those are games that you don't usually win. 99% of the time you come out of, out of that one scratching your head, frustrated, saying, you know, we should have and could have and, and didn't. But uh, really proud of the fact that we found a way to, to get a to get a win, and, and hopefully we can just build on it moving forward uh, this week against Wyoming. Yeah, uh, tough, tough win, but they get it, they got it done. Um, and you know what? Also interesting that this was a a game that was kind of on the on the calendar. For Daniel Grishik, uh, heard his comments last week leading up to it. Former coach, a lot of former players were on that Colorado State sideline, and um, and he tried to play it off that it really wasn't that big of a motivation for him. But I know that it was. <laughs> I I don't even call it extra motivation. I would just say the type of offense they run, the air raid, it really fit my uh, style of play, style of play, because uh, you know I'm a pass rusher and they throw the ball a lot, so. I got to uh, get a lot of pass rushes in. Yes, he did. Yeah, he he was asked this question after the game. He was asked it today, um, and then Coach Anderson was asked it after the game and today. They both kind of gave the same answers. Where Coach both times says, "Yeah, I think he had this game circled on the calendar," and Grishik both times kind of brushed it off a little bit. You know, and he said he loved those coaches, and I believe him. You know, I'm sure you love those yeah. guys. There, there can be that extra motivation when you're playing against guys you like, because it becomes friendly competition. You're pushing yourself. Um, so I'm sure there's a little bit there, but he, he is also right in saying that this is one of the first games he's had in a bit where they've played, you know, this kind of offense that gives him that opportunity. Yeah, no, that's very true, and uh, he may not have that same opportunity this week against uh, Wyoming defensive front that uh, has been pretty solid at containing the run or at least making it tough, or excuse me, a, a, a def- defensive push and, uh, and protecting their own quarterback. But if Peasley's going to get out of the pocket and run around a little bit, then I, I like Utah State's chances to contain him. Yeah, it will be tricky. Utah State's had some issues both this year and last year at handling athletic quarterbacks. Um, True. Their ability to stay in their pass lanes, that's something I talked about earlier in the year. You know, I talked about, I broke it down in some articles and I've mentioned it in the show where in a lot of places, maybe they've improved that um, in the last couple of games. It's kind of hard to tell because Air Force isn't really the type of team where you're facing many passing situations to begin with. And Colorado State didn't have a mobile quarterback. So when you go back to facing a mobile quarterback, you know, Bryce Young had some success and and uh I believe UNLV's quarterback had a 
you know, couple of moments where he was able to to break contain. And even Weber State's quarterback had some moments where he just broke contain and made. And he wasn't even a running quarterback. Yeah. So that's true. I, I would be worried that if if Utah State doesn't, you know, kind of keep up this improvement of just finishing the job when they get to the quarterback, Peasley could carve up Utah State's defense with how good of a runner he is. He is a solid runner. He's very talented that way. Um, in you know, lessons learned from being gap sound and, and stopping a run, running attack, somewhat similar to Air Force, not totally similar, but um, you know, lessons learned from doing a pretty effective job against Air Force. Uh, if if Utah State really needed a couple of games to get ready for Wyoming, it would have been Air Force and Colorado State uh, because of the Colorado State defensive front and the Air Force offense. And Utah State won both of those games. How much of those lessons transfer and prepare them for the, a game in Laramie? Well, we still don't know. Still to be determined. But those are good games for them to go through to get ready for a really big game uh, on the road with big conference comp- uh, implications for both teams, really. Yeah. Uh, another quick timeout here in the Full Court Press. Uh, more of your thoughts on Utah State victory uh, at Fort Collins, picking up the win. Current standings, they're 2-1 and one in conference play. We'll also look at the Region 11 high school football uh, pairings coming up for this upcoming week. Updated uh, standings for girls' soccer as they're getting into the semifinals of their playoffs later on this week as well. Uh, Utah Jazz have made some cuts to their roster. Who stayed on? Who got cut? Who got sent home? And any former Aggie players still surviving on any NBA rosters? We'll talk about that coming up in about three and a half minutes from now. The new Valvoline Instant Oil Change across from Angie's on Main Street in Logan has Valvoline Synthetic and Valvoline Max Life, which are the engine oil that your vehicle loves. So go check them out right now or any day this week because they're open seven days a week at 695 North Main in Logan. Clean it up and get it out before the snow flies. Don't wait another winter. Let DD Auto and Salvage pay you for that junk vehicle. DD Auto and Salvage makes it so easy and fast to get rid of your junker vehicles by paying you the most money possible. Pickup is available. If you have metal, DD Auto and Salvage and Logan wants to pay you today. Call 787 1204. That's 787 1204 today. See store for details. Can't beat fall in Utah. It's one of the best times to get out and explore the open roads of Utah. This month at Murdoch GMC Chevrolet Buick Cadillac of Logan, come celebrate our Get Out and Drive Sales event. Lock in 0% for up to three years on GMC's award-winning lineup, the Sierra, Cadia, or Terrain. When you walk through our doors, you feel like family. At Murdoch Chevrolet Buick GMC Cadillac and Logan or online at MurdochChevroletLogan.com. We are professional grade. Call 866-628-3065 and see dealer for complete details. Offer expires 11 one This is James Stevens with White Pine Funeral Services. We are humbled by and grateful for the tremendous support we have been shown since opening our doors nearly two years ago. So we just want to say thank you. On behalf of everyone at White Pine, first and foremost, thank you for allowing us the honor and privilege of serving you and caring for your loved ones. Additionally, thank you for voting White Pine the best mortuary in Cache Valley in both 2021 and 2022. White Pine Funeral Services 
With inflation at record highs, why buy new if you can repair your current machine? Daryl's Appliances factory trained technicians spend hundreds of hours in training each year to ensure your appliance is repaired right the first time. You can have peace of mind. They offer no risk service, meaning if you want to purchase new, instead of repair, you can apply up to $95 of your service call towards an appliance purchase. See store for details. Daryl's West on Airport Road, open until 6 p.m. on weekdays, 5 on Saturday. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Eric Franson, Jason Walker. 435-339-0321 if you want to weigh in. Uh, By the way, shout out to Stephen Kotzenly. Mountain West Conference Special Teams Player of the Week. And Bishop Davenport, as you might have guessed, as the Freshman of the Week. It's always good to have a couple Aggies winning some Mountain West awards. Yeah, I'm not sure how many other real candidates there were for Freshman of the Week. That can be a a tricky award to hand out if there's not any freshman uh, competitors. But if if there were, I'm kind of glad that maybe voters kind of got over the fact that Davenport didn't have a really good stat line. He went 3 of 9, 41 yards passing, 29 yards rushing, did have a rushing touchdown. But in context, and the fact that he led two straight scoring drives, like that kind of, you know, watch the game and and realize the impact he made despite an iffy stat line, he definitely deserved that and has deserved a lot of the praise he's gotten. It's It's the kind of thing that you have to be able to watch it happen Whereas if you were just box score watching afterwards, you would have thought he was like mediocre and didn't play very well. But he he did very well given his situation. Yeah, no, great point. Uh, yeah, considering the situation, he did come up big. Uh, and then on uh, for Cotsonly, you know, he's been he's been very solid most of the year. Um, he even had a, a a fourth down through a, a pass for a trick play. He got a fourth down conversion, but. Um, Look very solid in the punting game and, and, and the way he's helping Utah State, pinning opponents deep in their own territory. Yeah, he had three 50-plus yard punts at like 59, I think a 58, and a 55 or something like that. Absolutely great. He's, he's struggled at times the last few games, and he had like a 30-yard punt and a, like a 34-yarder in this last game, so he wasn't flawless. But he had some big punts. And again, in a, in a game where, you know, quarterback's kind of iffy in that situation you need everything to work you need special teams and defense you know that kind of situation reminds me of a a, you know a few years ago when Tom Brady was suspended with the Patriots like 2016 or whatever or maybe 2018 I I can't remember the exact year but but uh with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback it was like his second year Patriots won 27-0 and it was all special teams, punting, you know, great situational punting, defense, and all that. And and they won with like a fourth or fifth round quarterback starting. Yeah. And, and and that's the kind of thing that happens when you have defense and special teams going. You can win these kind of nutty games where you're at a huge disadvantage in one in one way or the other on offense. Uh, some comments here from Coach Anderson about uh, his punter, the Australian wonder, Stephen Cotsonley job at, at putting the ball where we need him to you know the, the block had nothing to do with him it's just pure bust up front but his ability to place the ball in different areas of the field out of the same look 
is unique. He's got a tremendous amount of control. The hang time that we get from him to allow us to cover, and when needed, I mean, he can he can send it down there and really flip the field. Uh, done a great job at pinning the ball. We get another one on the one or two yard line the other night. So he's extremely versatile and very consistent, and takes a tremendous amount of pride in the job that he does. Uh, so I mean, he, he's a weapon. He really can be. We're fortunate to have him. He just does things with the ball a lot of guys can't do. We've, we've seen him spin it any direction and place it any direction and hang it up. And that gives you a tremendous amount of versatility with what you're doing. When you need to punt, we'd rather not have to punt, but when you do, you want to be really effective at it. And he, he is extremely, and I think he and our snapper do a, a great job uh, of, of, of protecting us because they make it extremely difficult to get to us unless we just have a bus, which we did. But just down-to-down -down protection, snap, operation, punt, they're as good as anybody in the country. And we talked about that and grading the Utah State Aggies. We had both kind of overlooked talking about special teams and appreciate the text that reminded us that the special teams for Utah State has been probably the most consistent unit for the Aggies. Yeah, it's outside of a couple of iffy punts. I've not really had any issue with the special teams. Uh, the block, obviously, that's an issue, and you got to deal with that and make sure it doesn't happen again. Um, but, yeah, outside of a block punt. And Connor Coles has kicked some long field goals. Yeah. He did miss a couple, so it's like this <laughs> is actually probably the worst special teams game they've had in a while. Granted, the missed field goals were from 45 and 52, where they're a bit more forgivable misses in the college game, uh, especially the 52-yarder. That's just really tricky. Um, but then, you know, he made the, uh, I think, 49-yarder, I think it was, in the second half that tied the game up. So kind of redeemed himself when he needed. They they needed something, Yes. and he gave it to them, and then they took the lead with a touchdown on the next drive. So, yeah, nice nice play from Stephen Kotzenly. Uh, nice recognition getting the special teams player of the week and uh, Bishop Davenport, the freshman of the week. Uh, i got to take another quick timeout. When we come back, uh, let's, let's see how well we did in trying to predict what was going to happen over the weekend. Our pick six results coming up next on the Full Court Press. This is Jarek with Jarek's Fine Jewelry. This October is our 14th year anniversary. So to celebrate, we want to treat you to an anniversary date. Make it a date night on us. Come engagement ring or anniversary ring shopping at Jarek's Fine Jewelry. We have thousands of designs to choose from, including the newest custom designs. With no strings attached and no purchase necessary, we will buy your dinner at Bloom Eatery. The entire month of October, come in ring shopping and Bloom is on us. Make date night special. Make it Jarek's. Elements has delicious lunch specials, two for $30, or the new soup, salad, and bread special for just $10. is tasty and quick. Elements' lunch menu is full of scrumptious items prepared with a personal touch. Wood-fired pizzas are an excellent choice that include barbecue chicken and the bee's knees. The fresh-battered halibut fish and chips with seasoned fries is always a hit. And don't forget the fan-favorite Munster Burger. Casual or professional, open Monday through Thursday, 11.30 to 8 p.m., and Friday and Saturday, 11.30 to 9 p.m. Visit the Elements restaurant.com for reservations today. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, and the Hearing Aid Center are now located in Providence and Cash Valley's newest and most up-to-date medical clinic located at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan, just south of Cash Valley Hospital. The entire staff and Dr. Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette look forward to helping you and your family at this state-of-the-art medical facility. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is now located in Providence and their new office at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan. Go to cashvalleyent.com for details. Most insurance products, including Select Med, are accepted. 
This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems, your home team when local matters. Valley Office Systems is your local provider for all things office, copiers, printers, furniture, and document management. Proudly serving Cache Valley since 2007. Visit valleyofficesystems.com. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Uh, it's beautiful now, but it's going to change. It's going to get cold. In fact, I saw a snowflake on my seven-day forecast coming up to the weekend. Uh, not happy about that. So get yourself ready for colder temperatures at Napa, Napa Auto Parts, like antifreeze, fuel stabilizer, ice melt, Rain-X, Trico silicone wiper blades, Napa Legend, and Legend Premium batteries. It's all in stock now at your five locally owned Preston to Providence Napa Auto Parts stores. Yeah, the colder temperatures and the uh, wet is supposed to get here, I think, Saturday. So I don't know if that's going to affect uh, or get to Laramie by the time that the Aggies have their game. Hopefully they're a little bit further east so it doesn't affect them too much. But there's a chance. Uh, I think that our uh, games around here for girls' soccer and, and football – um, should still go off okay in pretty decent weather. And I think Saturday is when it really starts to change and gets colder on Sunday. They're going to be down a little further south, so they'll be all right. Yeah, true. All right, so how did we do in trying to predict what was going to happen this weekend? Our pick six results. Um, starting off, Walker Kessler blocks versus the Dallas Mavericks on Friday in Utah's final preseason game. Lino said at 2.5, he only had one. You took the under on that, Jason, so you got that correct. Uh, Michigan passing yards versus Penn State set the line at 245.5. Well, they only needed to throw the ball for 145 yards to get the job done. And uh, so you took the under. You got that one correct. Uh, Padres over the Dodgers on Friday in San Diego. Um this was a bad line on my part. I set it at minus one. Is that Dodgers, or excuse me, Padres by one, and they won by one. <laughs> I took the over. You took the under. <laughs> so neither one of us got that one right. I've been, not like I've been playing this game a long time. I should know how to set that. Um, combined points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks by Jared Vanderbilt against the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, it turns out he had a total of 20. Jeez. The line was set at 15.5, but we both took the under. He had eight <laughs> points, eight rebounds, one assist, three steals, but no blocks. Um, and then tackles for loss for USU. Line was set at 9.5. They had eight. I took the under. You took the over. So you've got two. I've got one. It might come down to this. Goals scored by Region 11 girls soccer teams. Um, so there were th- a bunch of teams that were in action, right, on um, on on Thursday. It was five. Of, no, excuse me, Saturday last I week. I think there's five of them. Um, and total it all up. No, the line was set at eight and a half. Total it all up, eight goals scored. <laughs> but we both took the over. Jeez. <laughs> so you won two to one. Tiebreaker's not even necessary. I can't remember the tie. It wasn't like you would have got that anyway because you were closer. Uh, rushing yards by Jalen Hurts. Oh yeah, Hertz. it Hurts. Uh, you had fifty-two. I said eighty-nine. He ended up with twenty-seven. Ah, <sighs> kind of iffy day for both. <laughs> 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 yeah, 
Yeah, very uninspiring pick six for us. I always get that one week where I was perfect. That's what I, that, that's what I'll hang on. You to. can always always remember that perfect weekend. Uh, all right, so more about uh, Region Eleven with girls soccer and football. We'll reveal that. Who's going to be left on the Utah Jazz roster? All that's going to be coming up Take next on the Full Court Press. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Tonight, the Broncos will look to bounce back against the Chargers following that tough Week 5 loss. Coming into this season, many would have expected this to be a divisional battle with two of the better teams in football. But tonight's game, perfect example of just how fast things can change in the NFL. The Broncos' offense was supposed to be one of the better ones in the league. Denver is averaging just 15 points per game. Chargers, similar problems. But their problems not all on the offensive side of the ball. L.A. went all in on their defense this offseason. Resigning star safety Derwin James. They picked up the former defensive player of the year, Khalil Mack. Brought in Pro Bowl corner J.C. Jackson in free agency. Despite the active offseason, the Chargers defense has been one of the worst in the league. So if tonight's matchup teaches us anything, it's that although a stacked preseason roster may provide a lot of hope, you can never be too sure about what's in store once the regular season season starts. I'm Dan Patrick and this is Above the Noise.